Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, Brendo, Steve here. Oh, Ann Larson. <laughs> Welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to. Right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Hit that join button. $5 a month to get all sorts of bonus content, including the award-winning Ask Stephen Larson. Hasn't watched, actually won any We don't talk anything about wrestling, though that bonus content is also available on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson at the $5 and up mark. $1 and up gets you the show ad-free. $5 gets you all sorts of bonus content. $20, we are coming to the end of the month. 20 gets you the Friendo Care Package. Yeah. Comic book, poster, stickers. Oh, wow. Money. We throw in $100 bills randomly sure every single month. We need to keep those. <laughs> we do not throw $100 bills in there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's great. And it really does support going in raw. So check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Steve yes. Larson. Yes. And, of course, the $20 Mark Larson. Uh, not only do you get the Friendo Care Package, but you get to put your video question Right here on Matt Chat, my person. Stop taking those scissors away, Sid. Uh, right here on Matt Chat. It's my favorite show. The 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 wealth of questions out there we get from the friendos. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the week is sitting back watching either two hundred five or UK here with you and going through these Matt Chat questions during commercial breaks. So let's go ahead and, and kick things off with a very quick question from Liam Jones. Let's see what he has to say. Is Vince McMahon really to blame for all the bad creative? Thank you, Liam. Thank you, Liam. I'll go first. All I right. usually do. Yeah. We go in alphabetical order. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. It is absolutely all Vince's fault. The man, by all accounts, is a control freak. He's a micromanager. He's the chairman of the board. He is basically, from what we understand in the eyes, especially of shareholders, which is kind of what matters, irreplaceable. So even if word got out that Vince was starting to cede some of his uh, day-to-day operations, creative, whatever, to people like Triple H or Stephanie, shareholders won't be happy about that. The stock price will start dipping down. So even if it's by virtue of keeping the company as profitable, as healthy as, as he wants it to be as possible, he's got to stay to stick to what he's doing and everything goes through him. He has the final word on everything. Big, biggest example of this lately is the Viking experience. They showed up war Raiders. Didn't like it. Don't know why didn't like it. So he changed the Viking experience and that caused such a hubbub. Evidently, he actually listened to reason on that one and redubbed them Viking Raiders, which was a compromise of sorts. Yeah, still worse than War Machine. Anyways, uh, at the end of the day, Buck stops with Vince. He's he's. I think, and oftentimes it starts with him as well. Yeah, um, but I guess the only argument I could think of why it might not rest totally on Vince's shoulders is. He still oversees all creative. He still has final say in all creative matters, but uh, he is still soliciting ideas from a creative writing team. And if the creative writing team isn't offering up ideas that are up to snuff, that are good, then I guess in one sense, Vince has his choice of a bunch of subpar ideas. 
not saying that's the case. I'm just saying if, if you want to try to find a, a way to make this not entirely Vince's fault, which it is because the buck stops with him, um, that could be it. However, uh, you know, he, he Triple H has said recently that Vince still likes doing creative stuff. If the creative writing team isn't giving him ideas he likes, he can fire them all or he can come up with his own ideas. It's pretty much that simple. Yeah, um, It's his company. Uh, he's synonymous with his product by and large. Um, he still oversees all creative operations, um, seemingly at a granular level. Uh, therefore, if stuff is great, he deserves some of the credit. If stuff is garbage, he deserves all the blame. It always some of my favorite stories are the behind the scenes stuff. For example, the the gauntlet match uh, from not this last one, but the one before the Seth one, like last year. God, yeah, it was last year. Yeah. The one that Seth was in for an hour? Yeah. Yeah. Evidently, that the entire idea, that was Vince's. That's always fun to hear. Whenever something good happens, mm-hmm. that's always interesting. A lot, I mean, five hours of TV just between Raw and SmackDown is a lot. Yeah. Um, I understand they have a lot of writers, but I don't know if there's an idea that can be conceived that can't be ruined Yes. By the person with whom the buck stops. Yes. And that person is Vince McMahon. So, exactly. Yeah, I think, I think And the is. day, his company, he oversees it all. Buck stopped with him. And the le- garbage. The level of talent. Responsibility rests on uh, Vince's feet. The level of talent in WWE is such that more often than not, these are all people who have given something, they will run as far and fast and hard as they can with it. Uh, an example years ago was Cody Rhodes. Was given. Thank you, Father. Was given. Oh, that's embarrassing. Was given Stardust to work with. Your uh, your mad logo there is eating some blueberry muffin. <laughs> He's hungry. Well, I tell you what, that blueberry muffin was hella good. Anyway. <laughs> All right, let's move on I'm to. Glad uh, I'm recording. That's on best of now. Oh, that's the end of the episode. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> next, we got a question from Christian. Let's see what Christian has to say. Hey, Steve. Hey, Larson. It is the Hall of Famer Christian here with another Matt Chat question. Sorry. This is the only time I can do it. This is while driving right now, but my eyes are on the road. I am safe. Um, a question for you guys this week is um, regarding Sasha Banks. Um, you know, she seems to be unhappy. There's a couple of her contract stalemate and things of that nature. Um, my question to you guys this week is, if you were in her shoes, what would you do? Would you go to Japan, go to stardom, you know, Women of Honor, you know, AEW, or would you work out the WWE? What route would you take if you were in her shoes? Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Christian. Congratulations on your fun wrestling day. Hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened happened yet. yet. It's not happening. Wait, yeah, it is. It is happening Thursday. 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 Congratulations, Christian. Congratulations. Try not to drive while doing match chat questions, please. Yeah, just just pull over to the side of the road. Yeah, it's it's a minute long. Yeah, pull over, man. Anyways, to address to address this question, um, you know me, I'm a bit of a, a malcontent. (laughs) <laughs> Are you really? I didn't know that, Larson. I actually didn't know that. I know you can be you can be surly sometimes. Isn't that kind I of being realize, a malcontent? Well, I, no, that's like a, that's like several shades past surly. All right, all right. Well, I'm somewhere between surly and malcontent. Oh, fair enough. Um, depending on one's definition. Um, so, uh, if I were to be in Sasha's shoes, I would completely understand the situation because I don't know, you know. We talked about this on was it the Monday news show. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly where. About uh, you know the kind of double standard um, when when uh, men's wrestlers saying oh they're upset with their creative, they're upset with their position, uh, versus women's wrestlers and they do the same. Mm-hmm. Especially in Sasha's case, she seems to be get dumped on a lot. Yeah. Um, seemingly regardless of what she does. Um, so, but if I were in her shoes, I would think okay, well. This is an isolated incident. This, you know, WWE telling her and Bailey they're dropping the belts at Mania, and then also they're breaking them up. Um, if you take everything within within the context of everything she said about her main roster run, primarily being that there's basically no vision on main roster. It's booked day to day. You don't know what you're doing. Things change on the fly. Um, that would I would understand why that would be frustrating, especially when you just come out of a situation in NXT where there is a plan. You know what you're doing. 
your character is consistent. Um, and then this could just very well be the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back when they give you some assurances reportedly that you're going to be carrying those titles for a while, uh, bring legitimacy to those titles, and then you find out at the biggest show of the year, no less, that you're dropping those titles and they're breaking you up. Uh, yeah, that would probably irritate me to no end. Um, not to say, I don't know if I would go so far to say, all right, screw this, done, quitting, don't know. But I would understand the, the source of irritation. Um, but given that she is apparently, uh, all that we've heard, uh, tried to quit, they're giving her some time off. They're at a bit of a stalemate now where she's considering sitting out her contract. Again, if everything's to be believed. Um, what should she do now? Largely, that depends on the duration of her contract. Now, if she's got two years left on it, and if she's willing to sit on the sidelines for two years, um, you know, if that's what she chooses to do, cool. That's rough, though, <laughs> when your primary source of making a living you can't do for two years. I don't know if she has any uh, endeavors outside of the world of wrestling that she can explore while not being able to wrestle that would allow her to capitalize on her fame from W without using her name. Cameo. Well, that only goes so far. Twitch streaming. Again, only goes so far. I wonder. I, I'm I'm legitimately curious to know if there if if she started up a Twitch channel. Uh, here's the thing. I don't know how much of a gamer I mean, we talked to her about gaming before. She seemed to be more of an old school gamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not like a current gamer. Yeah. But uh, I don't. I mean, I'm sure maybe the WWE could sue her for starting up a Twitch channel. It could be. She would make a ton of money off that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> she really would if she was any. You know, I mean, she'd probably have to have. No, people would probably just. You They'd know. bug her the whole time. Like, when are you going back to wrestling? <laughs> You know, you looked like Kramer when he said, when you go back to wrestling. Um, so, yeah, but they'd be dropping her, you know, uh, subs and stuff. Yeah, maybe. I, oh, I Here's 100 see. bits when you go back to WWE. Uh, Alex C has a question. When are you go back to WWE? I've heard that 50 times. Ban. <laughs> um, so it depends. Now she has six months or even a year left. Yeah. If, if, if she thinks that's a benefit of her, of her to sit it out and see what opportunities are available to her when she's free from the deal. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, now, WB as it stands right now is is far and away top dog when it comes to uh, platform for women's wrestling. Yeah, but uh, All Elite is is from the very beginning put a real emphasis on their women's division. Mm-hmm. So if they were to want her as part of the company, should she be a free agent? I'm sure she would be more than welcome there. Yeah. Um, outside of that, uh, it's all a pretty massive step down from what she was doing. You got Women of Honor which is kind of, uh, I think they've really been doing that only for about a year or something like that. It's not been very long. Uh, impact, you don't know what their future is going to hold at any given time. I even think, I, I'll be honest, I even think that All Elite's like a pretty massive step down. I mean, number one, we don't even know what All Elite's going to look like. We haven't even confirmed like what network they're going to be on. And I think that if you look at their women's division, there isn't a division, a women's division in WWE that isn't vastly superior to that. I mean, even NXT UK has a better women's division than All Elite Wrestling. And I like a lot of the names in All Elite. I think they're fantastic. But I, I don't know, man. I think that any, I think it, it boils down to, it boils down to what kind of leverage she has inside the company, which seems to be pretty huge because WWE, by all indications, really does want to work it out with her. Um, and they're not just going to release her because they understand that she probably makes a lot of money for the company and mm-hmm. the company probably makes a lot of money for yeah, it could her. potentially make a lot of money for some other company if she were to work there. But it also depends on the kind of out, outside leverage you have. And yeah, I mean, if she, if she wants to wrestle in a place that, uh, I mean, from all indications, uh, I would think that the booking at all the wrestling would be more long-term focused. It would be more, you know, well, this is what we have planned for you and this is what we want to see through. And it's not going to be subject to the whims of a crazy old man. However, that being said, none of those dudes have have history or have any solid long-term booking experience. So we have no idea how that's going to play out. Well, you don't think being the elite books long-term? Um, well, it's not really, you know, maybe they do. They have ghosts there. Um, so Hey, and that story paid off. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, there are unknowns outside the WWE. Um, so I don't know. I mean, what's the, if, what would I would do? What would, what would Steve do if I was in Sasha Banks' shoes? I would imagine I'm not like Sasha Banks. Like, I don't know. I look at people like, uh, 
and I, th- I guess the reason why I bring up the outside leverage thing, and and I, 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 it does annoy me when people, when people, when the revival, you know, go backstage and they say, "Hey, we're not happy here. We want out." The revival have an instant hot feud outside the WWE yeah. waiting yeah. to happen. Yeah, Sasha doesn't really have that. None of the women in WWE really have that. Um, and so, if you look at it from a business perspective, number one, I don't think that she's being whiny. I don't think that she's being you know, uh, difficult from no. our perspective. We were not on the inside, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I understand, like everything you said is true. If you're unhappy, if if creative, if vision matters to you, if the creative the creative aspect of wrestling matters to you, and you want some d- direction, you want some focus. Um, a lot of people in WWE are able to deal with the lack of that stuff in WWE. Becky Lynch was God. Like she lost her SmackDown Championship. And she was just a regular mid Carter for a very, very long time. They pulled the trigger on one thing on a, on a heel turn. The crowd ate it up and boom, look at her. Now she's Becky two belts. A lot of people have a lot of patience and are willing to stick it out and, and, and grind their way to it. Sasha Banks was a main eventer and you know, then they gave her this, this thing to really, really bite into this tag team championships. Oh, guess what? Not only are you dropping the titles, you're being split up. So you're not going to be a tag team anymore. Um, I can imagine that is a very, very frustrating situation to be in. Me personally, I'd probably say, all right, I'll, I'll make the most of it. I'm still making a crap ton of money. And, uh, you know, I know that regardless, like Sasha Banks would be a major player wherever she went. If she mm-hmm. was still on SmackDown, she'd be a major player. If she was on Raw, she'd be a major player because mm-hmm. Bailey went to SmackDown, so she would stay on Raw. I mean, Raw, she would be dominating Raw right now. I know they were probably going to push Lacey Evans regardless, but Sasha would be waiting there, yeah. you know, maybe to, to be the, the second or third challenger to Becky Lynch. Maybe she'd be the one to take the, the Raw title off her. I don't know. But, uh, you know, as Seth Rollins has said, uh, when referencing Dean Ambrose, it can be a frustrating place to work. I mm-hmm. totally understand that. My disposition would be, you know what, I, I tend to look at things on the, on the bright side and say, you know what, I'm still a big commodity. They can still get a lot out of me, and I'm still going to be building my brand, making a lot of money, and I'll be fine. But um, she had a lot of success from a very young age uh, in wrestling. Like, you know, just a couple of years after she started wrestling, she was in WWE developmental. Um so maybe she just has high expectations for what she wants, and mm-hmm. that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Christopher Rappersad has a question uh, about uh, the title scene. Let's see what he has to say. Hi, Stephen Larson. So my question is, who do you think is going to hold that belt the longest? Seth, Becky, or Kofi? Who do you think is going to lose it? I don't know, story. You guys debate and figure out. Who you think is going to keep it longer or who's going to lose it? Who have the most chance of losing it? Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wager this. I don't think they're going to have Kofi drop that title too soon because a lot of people will point to WrestleMania and say, oh, you just did that for the moment and then crapped on it. That's why I'm really happy about this Kevin Owens. I yes, think it's going to be yes. a really good. Yes, feat. I think so, too. There's that. Uh Becky, I think they 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 really like her, and they, they like all these people. Yeah, but I think they really like the idea of her having both these belts. And I think it oddly, her holding both these titles, having that target on her, and having her defend it two times at each pay per view. I really like that idea, and I think WWE is going to roll with that for a while. I don't think they're going to because I think that is a special attraction to itself. Mm. Watch Becky wrestle twice at pay per views. Mm-hmm. That's kind of crazy. Um, and so I'm actually going to say it's Seth Rollins. I think that if you look at both uh, triple threat matches on Raw to determine the number one contender, I think that the talent level is so skyrocket. It's so high over there. You got Drew. You've got Baron. You've got AJ. I think that now that the universal title is free from Brock and it's free from the specter of Roman, I think Seth is probably going to be the first person to drop that title. They might, just to loosen things up, have him drop it, pick it back up, drop it, pick it back up. I could see him perpetually being in the scene for the next couple of years while people like Drew, uh, Miz even maybe, um, uh, AJ, some other guys get their hands on it. 
I can see that being the case and sooner than later. I, I think Seth might actually drop that thing at Money in the Bank and a cash in. That also wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if Becky were to beat Lacey Evans and then uh, after a hard-fought match with Charlotte, lose the SmackDown title. Because here's what you do if that's the case. You still have her with the Raw title. Mm-hmm. Everybody's gunning for her on Raw. But then on SmackDown, you have a completely different dynamic where she's she's still there. She's still trying to get that title back. Would she still be on? What would be the justification for her being on SmackDown? She wants her title back that she lost. She wants to get it back. Well, then wouldn't she be like just on SmackDown? Well, no, she'd be the Raw champion. Women's champion. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, look, they can justify it any way they want, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Because then you have her chasing one title while holding the other one. So you get just got two different, completely different dynamics going on there with two different titles with mm. the same person. I think that'd be interesting. Um, the story they're going to just scroll all the way down to the score. Um, the dynamic or the uh, the uh, uh, completely lost my train of thought there. Anyways, Becky. <laughs> there you go. Oh, the idea that that she has to wrestle twice at every pay per view. I was obviously they're going with the idea of the story that the she's going to do everything to defend both those titles. And it's going to wear her down. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's going to take a couple of pictures. Oh, totally to could. It. Totally could. I think Seth is dropping that shit. Well, I don't know. Maybe. We've heard that whoever they want to have the next money in the bank, they want them to look like a star. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know how you're going to, like, I don't know how you're going to do that beyond, I mean, they cash in, they win, or they, they win the, the money in the bank and then they just go on a win streak or something. Is that how they mean be a star? Or just, well, I think a lot of them, you know, they, they, they didn't really. Like Barron's run with Money in the Bank briefcase was not great. He was he failed cash in and humiliated by John Cena. He looked like a chump after all that. Yeah, but his run with the briefcase. I don't know. How do you quantify? How do you how do you qualify like how good a run with the briefcase is? is well, it? I think there's one thing that has to happen. They have to successfully cash in. <laughs> right, but leading up to that, well, that's all over the place. For, I mean, historical if history like, is well, like told when us, Braun had it, it was like. Well, how is this gonna, again? He looked like he a chump even, too. Yeah, he doesn't even need it. No, he looked like a total chump because for the longest time he's like, next time Brock's in the room, I'm gonna cash in and attack him. And then he scheduled his cash in advance in a cage match, and then he lost. Or not cage match, a match at Crown Jewel, and he lost it. Seth had a good run with the yes. briefcase. Yes, and I'm not talking about just. But the far cash too or. often, someone wins the Money in the Bank briefcase, and they go on like a massive losing streak. It happened countless times. Yeah. Yeah. First, you got to avoid that, and then of course the obvious thing that has, has to go right is you have to actually successfully cash in. Yeah, that's kind of the major problem. I mean, I think first star making turn in match itself when they claim briefcase, then a good run while carrying briefcase and successful cash in with briefcase. I think those are the three major steps you have to achieve if you want a star making turn for whoever is made the bank winner. I think Seth's gonna lose that title. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Uh, Willism uh, has a question about a person about to depart the WWE, if WWE will ever actually let him go. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, Steven Larson. So this is Willism, a.k.a. Will Ditton, a.k.a. that guy that sent you that CM Punk email the other day, a.k.a. Potato Face Mizanin Sr. And I got another question for you guys. So my question is this, guys. Seeing that Dean Ambrose is now leaving WWE and has some time to kind of hone his craft, what can he do to really improve his overall character? I think he's one of the best promo guys in, um, in 
WWE. Um, he has great delivery, and he's got great timing. He doesn't have continuity, and that always drove me nuts about him, and that's even evident on the Stone Cold podcast, where he could phone it in and just kind of make a promo up, and that was good and all, but from a week-to-week basis, it made no sense. He had no continuity, so what can he do to improve that? Anyway, too sweet. Hearty handshake. Coming from your pal, Willism. Take care, boys. Thank you, Willism. Thank you, Willism. I think Willism's right. Consistency is key. It's something Dean needs to work on, I believe. Um, you know, his inconsistency in WB, how much of that is is due to his uh, seeming, like he seemed like he phoned it in sometimes. But, you know, who knows? Maybe creative has should take some of the blame for that because he wasn't always given the best stuff. No. Um, but, you know, his he's a good promo guy. But again, his his promos were kind of all over the map. Some are really good. Some are like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, and some of his performances, even the promo was fine. I'll always remember that one where he was uh, when she turned heel, where he's in the doctor's office doing this. Yeah, it was terrible. It was not good. Yeah. I'm sure the script didn't say do this. Maybe it did. Maybe. Give me gun fingers. You know. At the camera, yeah. Um, it, it just needs to be. Uh, that's one thing that's kind of missing from from him. I felt like, and again, that isn't necessarily all his fault. Maybe. Is just consistency, consistency of his character, consistency of performance, in ring, on the mic, all around. And hell, maybe when he was a top guy in CZW, that was all there. Maybe he was wildly consistent. Um, Just given the environment, WWE, with all the upheaval, all the lack of consistency behind the scenes, maybe that just uh, wore him too much. Therefore, lack of consistency in front of the camera, too. I think creative never knew what to do with Dean Ambrose. I think that was evident. They never understood what they had with him. Um, I think here's the thing. My favorite one of my favorite CM Punk stories was mm. when he felt that they were not utilizing him to the best of his ability. He went home and wrote, I don't know, a couple months worth of TV, it's like fourteen weeks worth of television, and then brought it to Vince and said, "Here, I have this for you." Um, now Dean might be the kind of guy who's like, "Yeah, it's not my job. Why would I do that?" However, um, if you're not happy with your creative. Uh, and you want better creative, it can't hurt, I would suppose, I would guess, just judging by what CM Punk did, to come up with your own creative. Apparently, Bray is, is very highly involved in the Saw that too. Firefly Funhouse thing. Saw that, too. Um, it's promising. And uh, and so, yeah, I don't know, man. I think you just it's one of those things where maybe you just try to write your own ticket and say, hey, here, I've got a million ideas for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're money. I think it's up my alley. We've seen good Dean Ambrose. We have. Um and so I think that uh, I think that it, it it's it's a possibility that he could be consistently good, but we've seen characters. I mean, it's not exclusive to him. We've seen guys like him, Bray Wyatt. There are certain characters that you just need to have faith that you can. In some respects, I think characters like Dean Ambrose and, and Bray Wyatt, you have to go all in on in a certain way that. WWE likes the status quo. Oh, yes. When I get into a feud with you, uh, it's going to be done in three or four months, mm-hmm. and you're going to come out the same, and I'm going to come out the same. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, Marvel or DC back in the day in the comic books. You know, it's like Superman would go off, he'd do something, and uh, and he'd be fine. You know, nobody yeah. would really be changed. Yeah. And so they like that because it helps the the serial nature of of you know they, they don't want people to be changing too much. I mean, look at Finn Balor; he hasn't changed at all, and we're like dying for him. Man, come on, give him some edge, give him some Prince David stuff. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. And so, I think characters like Bray and Dean they need to they they those characters require some amount of you know a dynamic energy where they change, they go through. Well, I think things. they need to change, and they also need to change people who have feuded with them. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that in a certain way, you have to go all in on certain aspects of their characters. And WWE just doesn't like taking those risks. And that's the main problem. Yeah. Uh, Next, another Dean question from a magical unicorn. Oh, I love unicorns. Greetings, Stephen Lawson. I'm the magical unicorn. And here's my match chat question. Dean Ambrose isn't going to retire, right? Why would a man who got that jacked? who loves the business, retire when he could go to AEW, be one of the faces of the company, and make lots of money on less dates. Have a good day! Yeah! Thank you, Magical Unicorn. Magic. 
uh, no, no, Dean Ambrose is not going to retire. In fact, I expect him back by Survivor Series. Oh, in WWE? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I don't think that – wait, what are we in now? What, we're here. It's April. SummerSlam's in – Four months, a little bit less than four months. For some, he might be back in time for SummerSlam. I think that he's just going to go and, and rest up for a little bit. I think I think you're right about that, but I wouldn't be surprised he's gone for a little bit. And uh, I think it's kind of a 50-50 proposition whether he ends up back in WWE or somewhere else. Um, I don't think it's a given necessarily he'll end up back in WWE. Um, because why would he go back to a situation knowing exactly what it is unless he has any some semblance of of, of confidence that it's going to change? But as long as Vince is in charge, it's not going to change. Well, I don't even so, know the reason why he's leaving. Well, I mean, if Seth it, said he was it was a frustrated work, frustrating working environment. I mean, I take that with a grain of salt. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much of it that could mean. Yeah, he's just he's burnt out on the schedule. It's a hectic. It's schedule. entirely possible. Uh, I mean, everything I can only go by what we've read, and it was a lot of it. He was frustrated with the creative direction of his character. Maybe. 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 But like I said, all I can base it on is what I've read, and assuming they, that's in any way true, uh, nothing with that's really going to change in 6 to 8 to 12 months if the same regime is in charge, you know? Yeah, you can just leave and come back for a little while and then leave again and come back. You can you find his own pace. He wants the Brock schedule. Or a Jericho thing. Well, before AEW. Or you can go to AEW. You make... I think that's your answer for everything. Huge checks there, too. Go to AEW. Heck yeah, man. Everybody's just going to AEW. Return of John Moxley, hardcore match with the Jimmy Havoc. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that WWE, I think WWE's his home. I think Renee Young is there. That's his wife. <laughs> I, just, I know because he has an airbrush, airbrush, like, airbrush jean jacket with he, his face on it. He's like a huge star there. And like he, he makes a ton of money. And I don't know. I just don't. I don't, I don't think he's gonna go to some podunk asshole company. Well, I mean, he said. We I mean. I guess I think what Seth said that he money's not a, a huge thing for him. Yeah, he has money. Yeah, he's made a good amount of money in WWE. I don't think money's gonna be a motivating factor for him. Yeah, you know, if if the nature of his frustration was creative, then I'm, if he wants to return to wrestling, then maybe he wants to go to a place where I think he'd be more satisfied creatively. Yeah, given his name, he will make money. Yeah. He's established himself as. You should a, do cameos. You get to control your creative. There. Yeah, he can probably charge uh, more than than Mojo does. <laughs> How much does Mojo charge? Sixty nine. Nice. Uh, got a question here from Zena sixty four. Salutations, friendo. So, question of the week is: If you had to choose a wrestler to uh, go back to their old indie name with their gimmick, uh, who would it be? Would it be Seth Rollins to go back as Tyler Black? Uh, Finn Balor to go back as the real rock and roller, uh, Prince Devitt, uh, Drake Maverick to go back as rock star Spud. Uh, who would you choose for them to um, change back to their indie name, and how would you book it? How would they be different from their uh, WWE name? Thank you. Thank you, Zenith. Thank 64. you, Zenith. Go ahead. Uh, so you have the right answer, but I'm going to say. The re- so your answer is Prince Devitt. Well, go ahead to say why you think you should. This person should go back to their previous. Tommy thing. End, man, that was such a cool name. Tommy End. I like Alistair Black. I know him as Alistair Black now. I'm fine with it. Tommy End is such a cool name though, and he was like showed up on SmackDown as a solo competitor in a cool, really dark, creepy vignette talking about a caricature, the aesthetic of the name Tommy End. That that should be his name. Just rename him. You didn't like War Raiders, so rename him Tommy End. All right, no, That's it's a great name. It's, it's, it's Finn Balor should be Prince Devitt again, man. Re, re, re. He's already Finn Balor, man. People love him. That name is not Balor Club. What is it, Devitt Club? That's silly. No, Why it's would he not. do that? If, if people who like Finn Balor go and watch his Bullet Club stuff, they're like, wow. How many watches? This that? guy's got so much personality. He's got. He's a great promo. Well, you can just change his personality. You don't need to change his name. No, Prince. Prince Devitt was a great name. Prince is real. It is real, real, real. <laughs> All right, shut up. Patrick Sparks has a question. Real about rich people. Real rich people. Let's see what he has to say. Friendos, Pat here. All right, so AEW obviously coming up. Double or nothing. All that stuff. Say, in the next three years. They do really good in our uh, thriving company, 
they're not going to be uh, any expensive events really, but or any problem. But if they do really good, do you think we're going to see a spike in other billionaires that might have a little bit of interest in wrestling, maybe also doing the same thing? And if so, is that going to be a good thing for the industry, or is it going to be a bad thing? What do you guys think? Thanks, Randos. Bye. Thank you, B-Man Patrick Sparks. Thank you, B-Man. Billionaires, man. Are there a, a plethora of billionaires out there? No. Waiting to put their money. How long? How long has it taken for someone after Jeff Jarrett founded TNA to actually put forth a real good chunk of money to start a wrestling promotion? It's been more than a dozen years. Here's the bigger issue. What? There's nobody left to sign. Yeah, pretty much. There's nobody out there. Like we stroke whenever people say, "Hey, Steven Larson, t t give me the best roster from the independent scene, not including AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, even Ring of Honor." They don't have anybody over there. They've got Jeff Cobb, and that's it. Well, Jay Lethal's good. I know, but what is he, like 80 years old? Well, he's that old. He's, he's good in 2006. No, he's still pretty good. Man, they don't have anybody. And they're like a big company. Well, yeah. They're owned by a big company. They are owned by, <laughs> by a huge company. Uh, there's nobody out there. Yeah, the talent pool is getting pretty thin, and... and I've heard for a long time that if you want to make money, get into the wrestling business is not the way to do it. It's like buying. It's like it's like starting a comic book store. Yeah, or a comic book publishing company. I think just the overhead involved with running a, a wrestling company precludes you from turning a profit hey, you of any start, size anytime soon. Do you want to start a brick and mortar baseball card shop? Hell no! <laughs> it's a money pit. It is. So pretty much any brick and mortar shop is a money pit. These is days. a money pit unless Everybody it's a salon. Online. Yeah. Some sort of service. Well, it's got to be some sort of service you can't get online. Exactly. You can't get your hair did online, Larson. No. So. No. No, I'd be very surprised if even within the next 10 years, even if All Elite Wrestling was a huge, massive success, that anybody with deep pockets would say, hey, I want to get in this business too. It's already oversaturated. Yep. And uh, I'm sure All Elite will do just fine. But yeah. that that's going to be about the limit. There's just There's not enough. Talent, All man. Elite also is a very singular thing where there's an upswell of support for a group of wrestlers. Um, and I don't know if we've necessarily seen anything like this happen before. Yeah. And I don't know if we'll ever see anything quite like it again. Uh, and then, wait, why did I say no but yes? I don't know. There was a second part to his question. Will we see any billionaires get into wrestling business for AEW does well? But there was like a second part. Oh, sorry. It was. If any other, and will it... I forget what he said, but the gist of his question, we answered it. Good yeah. job. <laughs> Called the false realities as a question also. Oh, man, about dumpster fires. Let's see what he has to say. What's up, friendos? Called the false realities here. Back with another Matt Jack question. And Steven Larson, I got a good one for you. You might actually like it. So, guys love talking about Enzo so much. Here's my question. Who's the biggest pile of trash, Vince Russo or Enzo? Second, who's worse than them? And three, who's going to get hired from WWE first? Two sweethearty handshake. Peace. Thank you, Cult of False Realities. All right, Larson. Who's worse? Real one, NZO, or Vince Russo, bro? Well, you go first. So... Vince Russo has had... Many positive contributions to the business. He's had some, yes. yes. He has had, well, a lot of the Attitude Era. Yes, yes. One of the, a lot of people, the much ballyhooed Attitude Era. Uh, so I'm going to say, but I can't think of any positive contributions to the wrestling industry that Enzo Amore has had, real one, and continues to have, bro. A negative, because I don't know if this whole thing with him and Tamatanga is a work or a shoot. I don't want him in New Japan. I don't want him on my TV if I'm watching yeah. New Japan yeah, or either. hearing about it because I don't watch Ring of Honor. Yeah, I don't want that in my business. I like professional wrestling. Yes. And he is an entertainer to some. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't want any of that business. So I'm going to say, given that Enzo, I, there was a time when I liked him in Cass and NXT. Yeah. 
I thought they were pretty charming. Carmelo was with them, but I've soured on them pretty hardcore. I can't think of anything, bro, that they have brought to the wrestling business. Vince Russo's given us plenty of good stuff, Lars. Yeah, he's also given us a lot of bad stuff, and he was at least partially responsible for taking away an entire wrestling company from us. WCW. Oh, no, you can't lay that at his feet, bro. Not in the entirety of it. He tried to save us from Hulk Hogan, the true. He did. The true thing that took WCW away from us. Well, you can't say us. that Hogan. There is a, a myriad of reasons that WCW went into the toilet and got sold to WB. Uh, you got to put some of that blame on Vince Russo because he cheapened in many ways uh, the wrestling in WCW. Put that belt on David Arquette. Mm-mm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not a fan of David Arquette? I what like is, David Arquette wow. fine. I don't, I'm not blaming David Arquette for that. I'm blaming Vince Russo for that. You I'm blaming Vince Russo for putting that belt on himself. Oh, man. He's given us a lot of crap moments in wrestling history. Dude, listen. Be real. Wrestling sometimes it's, 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 it's most entertaining when it's bad. Uh-huh. And him putting that title on himself is like the, the worst thing ever. Yeah, but it wasn't entertaining at all. Yeah, come on. It no, kind of was. It was How many thumbnails have we had with him carrying that belt? A couple. And a they've couple. all done really well Yeah, for because us. you want to hear us talk trash about Vince Russo. I know. It's entertaining. I will say this. I can't really speak to his thoughts on wrestling now. I don't know. You get the idea that he he loves professional wrestling, that he really likes it at least. He likes his professional wrestling. Yes. He's, he was crapping all over WWE for the longest time, yeah, yeah. like modern day stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least his vision of pro wrestling. He appreciates the industry, I would say. Whereas I don't get that sense from Enzo. I don't think he cares about pro wrestling. So I'm not going to call Vince Russo a liar because I don't know the truth. Yes. But watching that Viceland documentary. Oh, yeah, the Montreal Screwjob one. It's the only one I've seen so far. You've seen the Brody one, right? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I got to check that out. Uh, where Jim, where they ask who actually came up with the, the screw job, the idea for it. Uh, and Jim Cornette lays out this step-by-step, completely and totally logical reason behind him suggesting to Vince, this is what we do. This, and he lays out the screw job. Well, then there's and he provides history, historical backstory, context. Yes, yes. And and then he explains what happens when he saw it go down in his reaction to his finish being used. And then contrast that with they cut to Vince Russo and he says, I either wasn't there, I was asleep, bro. Yeah. I came up with that finish. And that was it. <laughs> no context. None. No evidence. Nope. Nothing to suggest that what he said was true. Yes. I believe Jim Cornette. Oh, I do too. Um, so... Yeah, I, he's still out there. Yeah, I know. Just trying to trying to put it on him. Yeah, I know. Trying to be the guy in the spotlight. He wants credit. But I guess that's, you know. But then, you know. Because, like, a, you could say Enzo hasn't really brought much, if anything, positive to the wrestling industry. But he hasn't, like, taken any joy from it. Neville. He took Neville from us, man. He did. All yeah, right. he took. Right, there's from one instance I can think of. Ten instances where Russo took joy out of pro wrestling for now, me. Now maybe, hey, maybe Pac is going to be something that we are dying to watch every single week in All Elite. Yes, when that actually happens, maybe that'll be the case. In which case, Enzo will have inadvertently given us something positive. Yes, but By for the large, longest time, yes. there was no Pac on our WWE because TV. of Enzo. Because of Enzo. Next, got a question from Steven from Geeked Out Nation. What's up, friendo? Steven here, and my Matt Chat question this week. Would Bray's Firefly Funhouse work better as a faction? And also, I have a bunch of names here. So yay or nay on people you want to see as part of Bray Wyatt's Firefly Funhouse faction. Eric Young, Nikki Cross, Killian Dane, Bo Dallas, Tyler Breeze, Heath Slater, because, you know, he got kids, uh, The Ascension, and no way, Jose. A bunch of people that I think aren't really doing anything but might have something to do on Bray's Firefly Funhouse. Essentially, you guys can let me know what you guys think. If you guys agree that it should be a faction, if you don't agree, uh, which guys you think should be in part of that faction and would be more fun on the show. Nonetheless, that's all I got. Hearty handshake. Too sweet. Talk to you guys later. Thank, Thank you, Steven, from Geeked Out Nation. I'm a big fan of factions, Larson. I'm a big fan of them. I am too, but in this Steve case, says, yeah. no, I'm yes. saying this should yes. be his faction. It should be Bray, Puppet Buzzard, yeah, 
puppet Sister Abigail. How are they going to come out of the ring, dude? They're not going to come to the ring. He's going to oh. come to the ring by himself. It's just all in the fun house. Mm. They're part of the, the show. But I feel like Bray... Because when he was with the Wyatt family and they broke him up for the Wyatt family, we were all saying, well, just put him back with the Wyatt family because that's a more interesting dynamic. Let him establish his, this new thing by himself um, with his puppet friends in the fun house. And when he comes down to the wrestling ring, just have it be as a solo competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let's dispel the, the idea that he's going to have a faction as quickly as possible. Because people, especially with like Nikki Cross not being assigned to brand, apparently, people are going to think, oh, well, Nikki Cross should be part of this new Wyatt family. Why does it be a Wyatt family? If they're going to try to do a reinvention of Bray Wyatt, why stick him with the faction right away? If people are just going to think, oh, it's just another Wyatt family. Keep him solo. It's something different for him. Yeah, different. Yeah, you're probably right, man. You're probably right. People already have their own identities. Eric Young shouldn't be the buzzard. There's already a buzzard. It's a puppet. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. I'm pretty sure See, they're going to... Here's the only person I would be cool with that Bo. they brought out Bo. for the buzzard. No, Dan Spivey. Oh, yeah. Because he was mercy. And if Bo yeah. was, as you mentioned, once the mailman. Yeah. I'd be cool with that. Bo the mailman. That'd be good, too. That's he it. He just come out like a dog. Like a legit dog. Wait, Bo? No. Bray. Oh, Bray should come out as a dog? No, with a dog. Oh, with a dog. Yeah, just as a dog. I was confused. Are you going to have a human dressed as dog or transformed into dog? Like aesthetic, like prosthetics. Okay. Like dog man. All right. No, I don't want to do that. I don't do that. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan of factions, but I'm also not a fan of like, why, you know, what's the logic behind Eric Young mm-hmm. all of a sudden being Mercy the Buzzard? That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. We know he's Eric Young. We know. Yeah, he already has. He's sanity guy. Yeah. Now, if they were... Bring up a couple of unknowns from NXT. That might be somewhat different, but no, still. Yeah. Okay. So let's not even do unknowns from NXT. Let's just, they go out and they sign a couple of indie people because NXT people already have their kind of identities also. You can't bring out Punishment Martinez. Well, I don't think it's the case. It must be like people strictly on the Florida house show loop. Who's on the house show? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't there know. There are people that I don't know. Exactly. I, I was watching these, like this promo from these two dudes. That are like in a tag team. And I was like, I, one of them looks a lot like uh, 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 Chuck Taylor. Okay. But he's not. And the other guy looks like NWO Bugenhagen, but it wasn't Bugenhagen, hmm. who himself is on the house show circuit yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. And they were like cutting some promo. like, who are these guys? I don't know yeah. who they are. Yeah. Uh, you go outside WWE. All right. How about Allison Kay as Abigail the Witch? Kind of okay. looks like her, huh? Yeah, yeah. Who else? But still, I know who Sienna is. I know who Allison yeah, K is. Yeah, but dude, you, she come was in the May Young Classic. You're going outside WWE now. She was You're in the May Young Classic. WWE, no, okay. J.R. Kratos. <laughs> as as Abby the Witch. No, as as as, as Mercy <laughs> the Buzzard. <laughs> there you go. See, that's good. That's better. That's good. Derevko as Mercy go. the Buzzard. There you go. I like it. Uh, next question from Adam Mayhem as Abby the Witch. <laughs> Stephen M's got a question. Take it away, Stephen. What's going on, friends? Stephen M here. Just getting Kent caught up on SmackDown. And I'm going to the Avengers premiere, midnight premiere tonight, so that's going to be class. Now, what wrestler needs a repackage slash new music? Rome Reigns needs new music. He needs something that's just dope, like the Usos to come out to. And this new attitude is great. So, too sweet, hearty handshake, shoulder lean. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. I'm going to take this moment to hype Stephen Larson Book Raw. I know some of you out there may like some of the Creator Wrestler 2K19 stuff that's out on the internet. You've never seen anything like Steven Larson Book Raw. It's the best thing ever. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to advocate for Apollo Crews to be Apollo Crews, C-R-U-I-S-E. He's a car aficionado. Motorsports enthusiast. Exactly. He drives to the, to the ring on a four-wheeler. Well, if we could do it for real. It would be an actual car. An actual car. <laughs> but mainly, I just actually, and here's a better idea. So this past week on Raw, Rob Rude beat Ricochet in his debut solo match on Raw. How about this? That writes off Ricochet, and he comes back as Warp Speed. Warp Speed. Again, you people really need to be watching Stephen Larson book Raw. goes live every Tuesday afternoon. Uh, you need to watch it. It's maybe the best thing ever. It's fun, yes. Uh, I'm going to say Robert Roode. He's been hamstrung by this glorious thing the moment he stepped on the main roster. 
Vince saw him in NXT and was like, I like this glorious thing. Let's just make him glorious. Mm-hmm. And that's all it's ever amounted to on Maine. Um, if this is really the reinvention of Robert Roode, of Bobby Roode, go all the way with it. Ditch the robe. Ditch the glorious thing. No one sings along to it anymore because no one cares. No, <laughs> oh, really? They don't sing along to it I anymore? don't hear anybody singing along to it anymore. Oh, man, I don't think anybody gives a damn. His song worked so well in NXT because it was there was this disconnect from his character and the theme song. It worked so well. But yeah. basically right now, like his character is just, okay, I'm not smiling, generic good guy now. I'm kind of bad guy. Mm-hmm. We have no sense of who his character is. Yeah, that's true. He needs a complete reinvention. Have him come out. Look, I made a little Robert Roode right here. Good. Mustache. Have, now that he's got the mustache, have him walk around backstage in his, 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 his tailored suits. Yeah. Bring that back. Cop. Yeah. Undercover cop, yes. Yeah. True detective. Yeah. Um, give him a real character. Uh, we saw what he can do in NXT with a real character, and it's great. Drop the glorious thing. Get rid of the robes. Back to basics. That's what I say. Okay. All right. Fine. Sounds good. I think you should take like Corey Graves' theme of the mustache being overly sexual. You just run with that. That's fine. If that's be, what it takes. Be another value. And then just do then do like a, a you, then he could still be glorious, but then make it make the song more centered on his facial hair <laughs> as opposed to him as a person. <laughs> yeah. Like like his Tron is like the mustache with like the the sun rays this is coming what, out. This is what yeah. But then underneath is like on Conan O'Brien where the mouth was superimposed <laughs> on there singing the song. We just buried him. We glorious. We just run him into the ground. My mustache is, my mustache is so glorious. There you go. Okay. That's good. If that's the direction you want to go, just I'm a little bit more grounded. True detectives bar up my speed. Yeah, let's do true detective. Can we make, instead of glorious impact Connecticut on Steve Larson book rock, can we do true detectives? Mustafa Ali and Bob Roode. We can't get a mustache on there. Can't change his facial mm, hair. Mm, boy, that's annoying. Uh, next, Rich. The Smash Brother. Smash Brother. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, friendos. Rich the Smash Brother here. Reppin'. Always. A uh, little bit more of a question and a concern today. The tag divisions. All three champs. Other than the Hardys, the other two aren't worthy. Hawkins and Ryder, crap. They got the WrestleMania pop. They're crap. Drop the titles to someone worthy. Have Usos or the Revival pick it up and have a four-month feud going into SummerSlam for those titles. There's a story. Iconics, they suck. I'm just going to put it out there. I know it might not, might not be a popular opinion. They suck. They didn't win before WrestleMania. They didn't have an impact on the pin at WrestleMania. They did a cheap pin. They haven't done jack crap since they won the titles. They need to drop them. They're a comedy act. They need to be out of the title scene. My question mainly, is there any rivalry they can get into, meaning Ryder and Hawkins or the Iconics, any team that they can get into to turn the volume up a little bit and make them worth watching. Because honestly, they're not. They're just crap. So, let me know what you think, boys. And Chase will be joining me on next week's Match Chat. Stay tuned. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Rich. Uh Oh, I go first. They, both teams just need wins. If after winning their respective titles, they had showed up on Raw and SmackDown and beat, well, I guess Hawkins and Ryder did. They beat the Revival again in a better match than what they did at Mania. Um but we haven't seen them in a match since. Well, let me ask you something real quick. Uh, you know, like a one-on-one team-on-team match. They were involved in that uh, eight-man tag match at uh, uh, War Raiders debut. What? So you like the Iconics. Yeah, I think they're good. I like the Iconics. I think they're wildly entertaining, but the one thing they just don't like, they don't book them to win, ever. Okay, hold on. Are you a fan of the concept? Because I think I've just realized that the, the concept of the chicken shit heel which was perfectly illustrated by Pritchard when he was talking about Jericho um, on whatever judgment. It was day, judgment, judgment day. day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how it's got to be somebody who cheats to win, who is booked, is basically booked weak. They aren't. They can't They're win booked, without booked cheating. To think that anybody, anybody could beat them, and therefore you don't think they deserve the titles. Right. Yes. And so whenever they're not in a title match, I mean, I don't necessarily think they should be losing. But I understand the concept. I'm just not sure I'm a big fan of the concept. Oh, in I'm general. not. I'm not. I'm not at all. Yeah, it's just it. It you, it naturally leads you to think that this title reign is weak. Yes, Jericho's title reign originally that was a weak title reign. I even think that Seth Rollins' title reign uh, previously, when he was a chicken shit heel, 
that didn't make any sense because he would always put on these amazing matches and that didn't work for him. Um, I mean, that kind of attitude, of like as far as the, the, the chicken shit heel, might have worked in the territory days. Right, yeah. Where yeah. you have your top guy going uh, facing off the champion who's torn through your territory, and it makes that guy look really good. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then the, the chicken shit heel champ pulls out, the win, pulls out a win at the last minute, um, and, and you get a lot of face heat for your top guy in your territory yeah. because, wow, he really should have won that title. Yeah. But the thing is, that chicken shit heel is on to the next territory the following week mm-hmm. doing the whole routine over again. Yeah. They're not on your TV week in week out like that <laughs> right. where you're like, why do these people even have the belts? They can't win anything. It's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird, like go away. That it kind get. of is. Yeah. No, I'm kind of, Yeah. I, I had to think about that because a lot of people have been complaining about the iconics. I actually like the iconics. <laughs> they're good wrestlers. They're, they're good wrestlers. They're entertaining. Yeah. I they're think, really entertaining. I think they are, but I totally understand why people are like, dude, what they're, they're crap. Cause they, they don't book them to win. Um, Especially when you got these new titles. Yeah. You want to make them feel really important. I know. I know. And having your champions lose constantly mm-hmm. doesn't make the titles feel important at all. Yeah. Now, here's the thing about the Iconics. They will win. When it counts, essentially. When it counts. They'll probably drop the titles at like SummerSlam to Asuka and Kyrie Sane. That's mm-hmm. like my early prediction. Uh, but I, they're going to be they're going to be chicken shit heels. And they'll just they'll they'll cheat to win, and they'll win when it matters, uh, and that's that's what it is. And I think that there's nothing you can really do because that's just how they're booked. Now on the other side of it, Hawkins and Ryder have been basically non-existent. This was yeah. a thrown together tag team that looked like it could have had a cool story behind it. They didn't do any build though, and instead there was no there was no middle act, and they just fast forward to the very end of their story, which is them winning at WrestleMania for the moment. Um, they've had one match, the rematch against Revival, the Raw after Mania, and then the following week when War Raiders debuted their eight-man tag match and took the pin. I think that the problem is I think that they just need to prove their medal. The problem is they're not going to be able to prove it against War Raiders because they just got there and they're, I don't know, they might win those titles off of, because the Revival and the Usos. They're looking like they're going to get into a feud. They're going to get into a feud, but either one of those teams can go up against War Raiders for those titles if War Raiders take it off Hawkins and and and, and Ryder mm-hmm. because I mean that's just a good good matter. Who wouldn't want to see the Revival versus War Machine? That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then the Usos also. Yeah. Um. So I don't know, man. I, I don't know. There's nothing. I don't. I I really like Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. I just don't see. I don't see much for them. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, they're they're the team that sort of got these fluke wins, anyways. It's not like they're booked really strong, no. And that's like the worst. Like you're not even a chicken shit heel. You're just like a really weak champion holding a belt you face probably champion, don't deserve. Yeah. yeah, yeah, face champion. So why am I going to root for this guy? He doesn't yeah. deserve the title. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of that's because there was really no story leading up to the win. Yeah. Uh, next, we got a question from Gion Halili. This might be my favorite question of the whole week. I love this question. Hey there, friendos. This is Jacksonville's number one Matt Chatter, Gion Halili. And I understand that last week, uh, someone by the name of El Grande Luchador asked a question in my place. I don't know who that guy is, but he's trying to take my identity. Anyways, here's my Matt Chatter question. Uh, last week, Steve, you mentioned Gordon Ramsay. I remember that. And two weeks ago, Larson, you mentioned Guy Fieri from Triple D. So, I thought it'd be fun if you guys were to book a match between the two. Who would win? Uh, Steve, could you talk about why Gordon Ramsay would win and what his finisher would be? And Larson, could you talk about why Guy Fieri would win and what his finisher would be? Let me know your thoughts. This has been Jacksonville's number one. Peace out, guys. Thank you, Guillaume. Number one. Thank you. You want to go first? Go ahead. Make the case for Gordon Ramsay. There, I mean, all you got to do is watch TV. What, he's going to have a problem with some rotund happy guy who just loves to eat a lot? Gordon Ramsay's intense, man. His Hell's Kitchen finisher is like Hell's Gate, but he's berating your crappy culinary skills the entire time. Yeah. So, and then it'll make you tap out. Uh, yeah, it's, dude, Gordon, man, come on, look at that guy. He even yells at kids on that kid's kitchen he thing. He yell at kids at all. Nah, man, but you know he wants to. No, he doesn't. He's got it inside of him. Nah, a guy's going to take Gordon where? The Flavor Town. That's a delicious place. Who doesn't want to go there? I know. That's not intimidating. But he's going to be treating Gordon Ramsay like he's made of eggs because Guy Fieri hates eggs. Do you know that? 
He doesn't I like d- eggs. I didn't know that. that doesn't that, like that's, eggs. Well, there, there's there's a heel trait for you. Yeah, doesn't like eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, it's all about Mr. Health. Triple D is uh, he, what? Nothing. Go ahead. Now you made me lose my train of thought. I'm sorry. With one look, man. Yeah, you did. I'm renting, rent-free in your head right now. You're renting rent-free in my head? Yeah, yeah. am. <laughs> Come on, else. Is Gordon Ramsay even it's still on Gordon, TV? Yeah, he's got three different properties, man. They're all on BBC Two. They're doing great. Oh, guy's got like five shows on Food Network. Nobody watches that. That's right next to the Pursuit Channel. Are Get you? Out of here with you that. talk? Well, no, you're. I, he's I'll, got five shows, and they're all reruns from 2005. No, Get they're still making here. new Triple Ds. It's a juggernaut, just like Guy is. Mm, he would run roughshod over Gordon Ramsay. He's all talk. Gordon Ramsay is. You're insane. That guy is. He's gets. And here's the thing. Gordon Ramsay gets results done. He shows up and he says, this place is crap. Fix it. So they do. And then he wins. Guy Fury doesn't have results for anything. He just comes around. Oh, wow. Look at this. Why don't you ask? shoving food into his ask, mouth. Ask if that's the case for the restaurants featuring Triple D. I'm sure they, this is a business boon for them. Uh, like a, the, the smallest of rubs. You know what? He like, comes in there and... Oh, wow, those are great. And his face gets all red, and he's got his sunglasses on the back of his head. You know, like, like uh, some Friday nights when I'm not doing anything else, because they do they run Triple D all night. I'll sit there and watch Triple D, and the place it looks good, I'll make a note of it. It's good. It's it's comfort watching. I, I really like Triple D. I think it's great. Uh, however, if you're asking me which one's going to win in a fight, there's no contest here. Gordon Ramsay is real. Oh, guy. Hell's Kitchen, are you kidding me? Versus what, some lovely diner? Oh, oh, guy dude. for the uh, win, You man. know deep down. No way, man. You know deep down. You'll be pulling for a guy, but Gordon's going to squash him. No, no squash. Guy Fieri is enhancement talent. <laughs> Barely <laughs> enhancement talent. <laughs> I love to go to Flavortown. <laughs> Luis Ariza. Uh, Ariza. It was the first of our two text questions. He says, since Shanna Baszler is a queen of spades and Natalia is a queen of hearts, who would be the two queens across all the brands? So I guess the other two queens in the deck of cards and also who'd be the four kings and the four aces he mentions ricochet because he is king ricochet king ricochet and then jordan devlin obviously the irish ace okay so i thought uh Ginny, she's all about high fashion she calls herself the queen doesn't she maybe I think she does oh, okay I think she calls so herself she'd be the queen, queen of diamonds and then Liv morgan you change her gimmick till she's so she's like a clubber She's the queen of clubs. Oh, that's good. This is really well thought out. I don't have an answer. I'm just, I'm just marveling as at yours. As far as the kings, uh, Drew McIntyre looks like he's just like one step removed from a, a Game of Thrones gimmick. Yeah, he does. He'd be the, a king. Shinsuke Nakamura, of course, king of strong style. And he wore, he wore a crown back at Wrestle yeah. Kingdom. Uh, Saxon Huxley looks like if he's put a crown on him, he could be on a, a playing card. Yeah, he's like a really low-budget king. And then Matt Riddle. King of Bros. Good. Or Montez Ford. Montez looks like a king. Because uh, uh, he, uh, on Twitter, King Tez is his name. Well, he's name. also worn a crown yes. to the ring as well. Yes. So, yeah, no, it fits. As far as aces, of course, you got to go with Jordan Devlin. He's Never the bet against the ace. Yeah. Uh, Seth Rollins, top guy. Yeah, he's top guy. Johnny Gargano. That's good. Top guy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, Kofi. Well, what about as an ace, Ace Steel? Well, I just went with WB. Oh, okay. I mean, because, I mean, obviously, uh, Tanahashi's the ace. Johnny Ace. Johnny Ace, yeah. Yeah, Tanahashi, the ace. The ace. Go ace. John Cena should be an ace. Well, he's not really a he's full-time like, wrestler he's anymore. He's like the ace of WWE. He's not really a wrestler anymore. He's a, he's a movie star now. Good point. No, I like all your answers. These are really good. I don't have anything better than that. So you win. Fair enough. Last text question from the Howdly Doodly champion, the Diddly Doodler. I'll read this one. Yes, please. So, I was wondering, you guys are in the ring. The match is going smoothly, and you set up for a body slam. The slam goes according to plan, except for one problemo. Uno problemo. The horse has left the barn, so to say, or in simpler terms, you done shit yourself. I've never heard that phrase before, before in reference to crapping one's pants. I thought isn't I thought it just meant that there's nothing you can do about it. It's, it's a done deal. The horse has left the barn, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe. But I like that for using for shit, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really shit myself, so I don't have a chance to use it. Yeah, it's been a while since I've done. I generally don't do that twice a year. <laughs> he says you have about five minutes left to go. You need to get the finish right, whatever that is, and leave to go clean your your trunks, your butt. How do you do? How do you leave such a crappy situation? Well, first things first, you got to hope this one, those, like most wrestlers, they don't just wear the one pair of trunks. They got two on. Yeah. Or sometimes trunks and a thong. So I'm hoping it's one of those days I got two pairs of trunks on. Keep that, that duty contained. And you got to hope it's, it's, it's not, you know, liquid. 
I get the feeling you're a black trunks guy. Yeah. So you're not going to run the risk of seeing the butt stain. The the turd. Like, cause didn't CM Punk? Couldn't you like see the butt? Oh, maybe. Um. So that's the first hope. Yeah. Uh. Second is uh, if that were to happen, uh, regardless what the finish is, I would hope that there would be a way to execute the finish without involving anybody's head going near my butt area. Mm-hmm. What is that? That's the ref just had to pick up poop. That's CM Punk's poop, apparently. You, <laughs> you. <laughs> was it against Dean? It was against Dean. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there was actually a nugget of poop that got out. Of I it. didn't know that either. You. <laughs> Anyways, what now? Oh, so yeah, I just want to make sure that there's not never a situation where my opponent's head is near my 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 crappy anus. Yeah, dude. I mean, they're like. And then I, as soon as the bell rings, I'm I'm out of there. I would do. I would honestly I do. This. Really sprinting out to walk. I w- I would do this with like some of the parts. So I'm not smearing crap all over my. So butt. if we're looking at a house show situation, I leave immediately. Throw up the accent. <laughs> I just I do this I go yeah you, you know, do what Drew did on uh, Smackdown a couple weeks back <laughs> get up and leave maybe he crapped his pants could be so maybe I'll do that if it's like mania and this is the spotlight I can't you can't just leave then so you gotta do you gotta do your five minutes and take it home yeah you just hope to God that it doesn't come out like it did with Punk yeah so yeah anyways we're gonna watch this match yeah. thanks everybody so much for tuning in yes, appreciate you. all you Matt chatters also thank you very much until next time we'll talk to you guys later goodbye Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain it's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small well Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.